You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. Welcome, everybody, to the Oz Network as we get lost again with the television show Lost. We are into season four, the second half of this show, with the premiere episode of season four, the beginning of the end. Yes, it's that one. Uh, this episode first aired on the 31st of January 2008. Written by Damon Lindelof and Carlton Cuse. Directed by Jack Bender. You may have heard them from such shows as Lost. And, um, yeah, a decent episode. We're, we're getting into some uh, very interesting things now in a very interesting season. My name is Ben, and you look weird with the beard, bro. Uh, my name is Nora, and I'm one of the Oz Network Six. I'm one of the Oz Network Six. There is about six of us now, I feel. So, um... <laughs> Including one baby. Yeah. Spoiler. One? Uh, didn't they just have another two? <laughs> uh, I'm so... Oh, yeah, talking about Colin, right? Is there another baby going on? Me? What? <laughs> How did you know Mallory? Who's... Have you been seeing Mallory again? Um... Oh, you're the baby. That's just offensive. <laughs> Smile, baby. Where? <laughs> yes, here we are. The beginning of the end. Uh, of the Oz Network. This is it. We've been cancelled. <laughs> Finally, uh, we've been we've been the plug's been pulled. But uh, yeah, I mean, I mentioned this a little bit last week. It's probably not the best out of all the premiere episodes we've done. I'd, I'd probably say it's maybe the weakest. But it's still not to say this is a bad episode. I think this is still a very good episode. We're we're on the edge of our seats after last episode with the whole flash forward situation, and we're going to find out a little bit more about that and. Got a bit more on the island of interesting stuff going on and all that sort of jazz. But, um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Uh, maybe I'm alone here that I think this is maybe so far the weakest season premiere as of right now. Um, yeah, it's definitely not the strongest, but Lost just does an amazing job of finales and premieres. Even if the premieres are not as iconic as the finales, to... Lost does such epic finales that to then kind of ring it back in and like start at the beginning of a season because their finales always seem so epic and kind of climactic. Uh, They do such a great job of resetting it each time that they went from that flash forward thing to then, all right, this is the beginning of chapter four of this show. Um, And one thing that... uh, a lot of people complained about in season three was that Jack, Sawyer and Kate were the only main survivors in the premiere. So this time they did a purposeful choice to include everyone throughout this. Um, but yeah, it's really a setup. There's a lot, but I think there's still a lot of good stuff in here. Um, I agree. Yeah. And it ha- it has that kind of, uh, the kind of just seedy kind of tone to it of, something's about to go wrong, kind of. It just never feels right. Everything feels so unsettling throughout this episode. Um, and the first time we don't have Jackass as the kind of centre figure for a premiere, which was a nice change. Um, but don't you just get the sense from, even from the be- I mean, this episode's called The Beginning of the End. That's not a that's not an accidental title. This was going forward, they knew the end date of this show. But don't you just get a sense of a major tone shift of, all right, we're really working towards, even though we're very far from the end, it just very much feels, 
okay, things are starting to feel a bit more planned out and we're working towards something here. It just, there is something in the air that it, it feels different coming into this season. I think watching it now compared to when it was live on TV, you definitely feel it a lot more too because I think that, you know, I remember watching this live and at this point, you know, assuming or knowing that they get rescued, right? Because we've seen the flash forward, so we know that Jack and Kate are off the island. We know that Hurley's off the island at some point in the future. But to me, it's kind of a case of, well, how long are they going to drag this out? Because, like, come on, we just want to get them off the island. Because you, you, I still think you assume at this point that the final episode is just going to be them getting rescued. So I, I know kind of watching this, it's kind of like, okay, God, they're going to drag this out for how long? <laughs> like, you know, do, do, do we see that? So I think kind of in that context of watching it now, when I mean, even if obviously you've seen it, you know what happens, it's still just so more, you know, you can appreciate it a lot more, the storylines and everything they do with it and feel that tone shift because, you know, we mentioned last week in the, the recap episode of the season about how kind of, you know, we're, we're getting more into the mythology, the supernatural almost side of things of Lost and it's sort of... I always try to explain to people who watched Lost and didn't like the ending or kind of didn't like how it went. I always say, like, look, watch it again, watch it really close together and just kind of watch it all as one um, because then you, I feel you, you get that more so and then you can, yeah, the tone shift is something that's not as jarring or as shocking because you kind of, you feel it when you're watching it consistently, if you know what I mean, and you, you understand why it's doing that. Yeah, and I think... Um we mentioned it last season, but this season bringing in flash forwards is such a genius kind of way to reboot and return this show completely on its head. And suddenly we were feeling jaded in season three. Suddenly it's almost like a whole new show. Cause now it's like, Oh, who else is going to have a flashback flash forward? Are they still going to do flashbacks? Uh, how much of the story are we going to get before they actually catch up with this timeline? Are they ever going to catch up with this timeline? Are we going to jump completely to flash forwards? Is every character going to have a flash forward, even if they didn't get off the island? Suddenly, it's, it's like we're watching season one again because there is so much to be invested in. And who's on this boat? Is is this going to be rescue, or are they going to defeat the boat people and they they get rescued in a completely different way? Uh, what what's going to happen to Ben? Is Locke going to get off the island? Who is it in the coffin? It just it it almost feels like a new show, and we get that excitement, and we are rewarded for getting through some of the slower parts of season three, and we feel reborn and that excitement that we had in season one that we've maybe not had since season one, uh, which regardless of if you're a huge season four fan or not, that's where season four deserves its credit, I think. And it's also a case, too, we kind of get this straight away in this opening scene, is that we hear the words, the Oceanic Six. So, therefore, you also... It's this mystery, isn't it, of, like, who are the survivors? Who are the six? Mm -hmm. Because it's kind of like, we know it's Kate, we know it's Jack, we know it's Hurley. So, who are the other three? I think that was such a genius way as well, because some fans were getting frustrated of, well, there are so many mysteries in that. To have this kind of obvious season-long mystery that you know is going to be paid off and rewarded, unlike some of the ones, like the numbers or something from early on, is such a kind of saying to fans, here, here's a mystery for you to be invested in to keep you watching for the next few weeks, but there will be a payoff. Um, so limiting it to six straight off the bat, uh, I think, was such a great idea because it made us think, oh, who it's going to be 
and then what the hell is going to happen to the other one, other uh, the other people who aren't in the six? Did they get off the island and they're just not a part of it? Like, it just brings up so much. So saying that from the very first scene, I still remember watching it the first time. I'm like, oh, Oceanic Six. Um, still, still a bit annoyed that the baby was one of them. But, um, <laughs> uh, yeah, Poor Desmond. So I think that. Yeah. <laughs> That's a, that's a genius move, I think, saying introducing the Oceanic Six as a plotline. And I really love that plotline. Uh, I don't want to jump ahead, but I love the flash-forwards this season, the way it all works out. Um, and, uh, I'm, I'm, season three was slow, but I'm, I'm getting a little giddy. I'm excited to get back into the swing of the show now because the flash-forwards are really fun, I think. Well, it's all, it's all because we know Grant Bowler's in this season, so that, that's clearly what it is. Yes, very soon. Oh, Grant Bowler, everyone. Grant Bowler! It's been a while. Uh, extremely soon. When was the last time we talked about Grant Bowler, Noah? Like, <laughs> you're two number one! Too long. <laughs> you know they're bringing that back this year, right? If, if Grant Bowler's not the host, I'm not Are watching they? it. Yeah. Channel 10 have it, not Channel <laughs> 7. They're rebooting. Channel 10 <laughs> has it. So I'm telling you now, Channel 10, if you're listening, if Grant Bowler is not... Like, that happened with the mole. You dumped Grant Bowler, well, Channel 7 did, and then it was shit. No one watched it after Grant Bowler wasn't the host anymore. So Grant Bowler is the host of The Amazing Race. I want to see him screaming at contestants, telling them they're team number one. <laughs> All right? I want him wearing crappy oh, little jumpers. Good. All right, like <laughs> I miss my grand bowler. <laughs> so yeah. Anyway, um, so I guess we'll, we'll stick to the same format where we, I guess, go through well the flash forwards now <laughs> rather than flashbacks. Or should we do the island stuff then the flash forward? How do you think? Should we change it up or just keep it as we do? I think stick with what we know. Stick with what we know. All right. So, um, Jack is having a drink. And um, he's wa- no, not another Jack flashback. <laughs> he's watching a car chase. He's obviously watching uh, OJ Simpson or something like that. Like we're in the nineties, um, <laughs> and we see this uh, car crash. Police draw their guns and get out of the car. It's Hurley. Um, I do. I do love the way that like th- this is so unbelievable. <laughs> Hurley goes for a run and the cops don't shoot. Is it because he's white? Like I don't understand it. Like he just. Why wouldn't they shoot him? This is America, right? Don't don't you love when he gets out of the car? They they're drawing it out that they're trying to make it look like it's Evangeline Lily and this is a cake thing, but it's like like they they don't show his face for so long and they they kind of just show the hair. And it's like come on, <laughs> there's only one person in this cast that looks like that. I'm sorry, Kate's put on weight. Uh, <laughs> it is a flash forward. <laughs> Fat Kate. <laughs> Imagine if they did that in the flash forwards. Everyone, every, everyone was just in fat suits because oh yeah, we got home and we ate all this food. And Hurley's skinny, like <laughs> skinny Hurley. Oh, I shouldn't joke. Poor Hall, hey. Um, but yeah, so it's Hurley. He goes for a run. They pin him up. Don't you know who I am? I'm one of the Oceanic Six. It's like. Poof. Plot twist, you know? It's like, wow. We'll get to it later, but Jorge is uh, one of his best episodes, I think. He's so good. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, so he's in a police interrogation room. Uh, we see video of him freaking out in a convenience store after seeing someone and running away. And then we see a familiar face. Uh, Mike, the cop, who was Anna Lucia's partner, which is... I, I love these connections. Like, it's clever that they do this, because... This is definitely one of those things that, I again, at the time when you're watching this week to week, maybe you haven't watched it on DVD, 
you know, it's a subtle little thing that you might not remember because, I mean, this is basically two seasons ago now. Um, so, you know, great little moment. And he obviously mentions Annalisa yeah. as well. So kind of, you know, oh, you know, small world. I, I, my partner was on the plane and everything like that. Um, so, and Michael Kudiltz, Kudiltz, whatever his name is, we talked about him before when we did, obviously, back in uh, season two. And I'm, I'm a big fan of his. He generally always plays a cop. <laughs> so, typecast. But, um... I do love the connection and the way it's played off of Hurley saying, oh, no, I don't. It's this subtle little thing. of We're not outwardly saying that Hurley lied, but just him saying, oh, no, I never met her. Well, we um, get we get clues of that, don't we? Kind of like there's a lie that these people, like the survivors are telling, aren't they? Well, even uh, last I'm sick of lying. We have to go back. We have to go back. Um, but uh, the other connection that happened during the car crash is our good friend, Randy nations. It's very subtle, but he is there filming. Oh, uh, as Hurley is getting out of the car. Did not uh, know that. So it's very, very short cameo, but Randy, Randy is, uh, back. Have you messaged him on Facebook recently or <laughs> <laughs> he's still waiting. He's waiting. No, he's waiting. When are they ever going to interview me? <laughs> Um, yeah, so Mike goes out to get a donut. Ha 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 cop gets a donut. Uh, and then Hurley sees a vision of Charlie with not Penny's boat through the window and, uh, starts freaking out. Uh, on the hand is written, they need you, uh, to which Mike rushes back in and basically he's saying, oh, you're going to get yourself locked up in a nut house if you don't cooperate. And Hurley's like, oh, can you? Oh, thank you. <laughs> oh, yeah. Bless little Curly. There's some cheesy stuff as well in this episode. So Hurley is back in the mental hospital. He's playing Connect Four. Uh, he's very happy about that. And uh, we meet an attorney for Oceanic Airlines, Matthew Abaddon. Now, is this the first time we've seen him or have we already seen him yet? Yeah, this is the first time we've seen him. But it's definitely not the first time we've seen Lance Reddick on TV. Right, no. TV's Lance Reddick. He's in everything, this guy. But, I um, mean, um, we're going to see him a lot more. The first appearance too, of Matthew Abaddon. Yeah. Yeah, he's in quite a bit of season four and season five as well, I think. Because, again, it just, like, you watch the chronological one and all of a sudden you sort of you get confused because I'm like, hasn't he, has he pushed Locke around yet? <laughs> so, um, so he's there claiming that he's with Oceanic Airlines and they want to upgrade him to a nice institute with a with a water view. And I love how Hurley straight away is like, I don't want a water view. <laughs> um, <laughs> and so then Hurley, you know, is getting a bit suspicious of this guy Basically says, oh, do you have a business card or something like that? And I love how, like, he, he goes to reach into his pocket. I love that he pretends to do it. What a dick. Um, <laughs> so Hurley doesn't believe him. And then basically he gets all, you know, really serious now. He's like, are they still alive, Hugo? Uh, and then Hurley is like, get out. I don't want you here. So, ooh, bit of a mystery. Who is this man? Yeah, I like I like him. TV's Matthew Abaddon. Um... <laughs> Hurley, meanwhile, is now sitting outside, just chilling, and um, a guy comes over. Lewis is his name. Um, <laughs> is any theories on Lewis? Um, says that there's a man staring at him, and we see this man to be... Oh, it's Charlie! Maybe he's not dead. <laughs> so Hurley basically saying, like, no, you're dead, I'm not having a conversation. I love how Charlie slaps him and says that I'm really here, but I am dead. Makes sense. 
and sort of, you know, a nice little moment, you know, Hurley sort of asking, you know, whether he knew you were going to die out there. Uh, Charlie says he didn't want to say anything because he knew he would try to stop him. Um, and that, yeah, basically Charlie says, you know, you've got to go. They need you, Hugo. They need you. Hurley counts to five so that he disappears. He opens his eyes and boom, he's gone. I've got to say, Dominic Monaghan, I, I like the shaved head look. I don't know. There's just something about this look. He looks pretty I did, cool. I didn't know they had uh, hairdressers in the afterlife. Yeah. <laughs> um, it falls out when you die. I, yeah, that must be it. I know that like, there's nothing they can do. A week probably would have looked dumb, but I, some of these little inconsistencies does bother me a little bit. Like, There's nothing they can do about it, but it bothers me a bit that he's randomly just got a shaved head for no reason. <laughs> Um, I do like that, unlike some of the actors, I'm not a big Dominic Monaghan fan, but I like that he does come back into the show. Like, he seemed to still embrace Charlie, and he came back even after his death um, quite a bit. Um, but I don't... We'll get more into this, but next episode we're going to be introduced to a character who can hear the dead. And it's always bugged me a little bit that out of nowhere in season four, suddenly Hurley sees dead people. Because it's like, why introduce another character that can see the dead, but then also have one of our main characters out of nowhere randomly just make it that he's got some power, superpower where he can see dead people. Um, so it's nice to see Charlie back. And it adds to the whole, they have to go back, they have to go back, what happened to them. But it's like, well, Miles has basically that power, so why are we also now randomly making Hurley have that power? And it is kind of setting up this, like, Hurley is special type thing. And maybe we can retroactively say that Dave uh, from Season 2 was also a ghost. But... It's always bothered me, and it's still bothered me to this day, that out of nowhere they've randomly introduced Hurley's superpower in Season 4 with no kind of mention of it earlier on. Whereas Walt, we're still waiting to find out about his superpowers and why he's special, right? <laughs> yeah, we'll see Walt this season. Oh, good on him. Um, Lewis, can I just point out, Lewis, one episode Lewis, has a bigger theories page than some people who have, like, 20 episodes on Lost. Like, holy crap. Um, Lewis was able to see Charlie because he was also part of Hurley's imagination. Lewis was a patient at the hospital who Hurley knew. He died without Hurley being aware of it since he still appeared to him after death. This is highly possible. He was playing Connect Four with Lewis and winning. Leonard would play Connect Four with himself while repeating the numbers. We can assume that Leonard was playing against someone of his imagination. Only we could not see that because the flashback was not from Leonard's POV. Thanks for that. Uh, that is why Lewis saw Charlie, because Lewis is part of Hurley's psyche. Uh, Lewis is crazy himself. <laughs> oh, poor Lewis. <laughs> was, what was the one about Thigo having a wank in the bushes? Like he was... <laughs> Ryan or whatever it was. Nathan. Nathan. Nathan's having a wank. Um, I do like this one down the end. The very last theory. Maybe the particular mental status of Lewis' mind allows him to see Charlie unlike sane people. <laughs> oh, oh, that's a bit touchy. Um, 
And Walt has, as a hallucinatory figure, also said, "Get up, John. You have work to do," or something along those lines. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Couldn't fact check that one. (laughs) They're so rambly. Lewis himself was part of the island, either previously working for Hanso or was part of the rescue team. And underneath, but he still would have never met Charlie. (laughs) (laughs) They're fighting again. (laughs) God. Uh, so anyway, Jack, we, meanwhile later on, see Jack meeting Hurley in the asylum. They play a game of horse. You remember, did God, you ever... Even when it's not his episode, he has to invade. <laughs> he has to invade. Um, but yeah, I did play horse growing. This is, this is just literally Matthew Fox in life today. This is just all he is. Like, Jorge Garcia is just chilling, playing some hoops, and Matthew Fox just shows up. <laughs> hi, Jorge, how's it going? Oh, hi, Matthew. I do, I do like that we now have, like, character-centric episodes where... Like, oh, suddenly, like, these two characters are interacting in a flash-forward, even though it's not Jack-centric, or, you know, there'll be Hurley and Son later in an episode together, and uh, Saeed and Hurley and Kate and Jack. I like that now, because there were six of them that got off the island, we are starting to have these kind of crossovers in their episodes. It really lends to, like, they all know each other, and they're all bonded by this lie, so it's... It is kind of cool, even though I joke about Jack popping up. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Um, I do like their sort of mention about fame, about like, oh, yeah, I've been signing a few autographs and things like that. Like, that's kind of cool. Because, again, that that would have to be true. Because, you know, if that Malaysia Definitely. flight just showed up tomorrow, like, everyone's <laughs> going to be famous. So, Six, the Mal- Malaysian Air Six. Yeah. <laughs> Could you imagine if yeah, it actually things. happened? Like, if that legit... And that's oh. how it was. Like, the Malaysia Airlines 6. We, you and I would be like, what? No. All right. Where's <laughs> Benjamin Linus? God. Uh, and, and they would be so rich as well. Oh, God, yes. Absolutely. Um, you, you, you would be fame-whoring yourself out oh, if you were yeah. a part of... Absolutely, I the, would be. The I Tiger would Air 6. milk every cent I could. I would I like I complain about the Kardashians. So I would be a Kardashian. I would be like, yeah, you, I'll sell your hemorrhoid cream. Talking about everything you did on the island. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't keep a secret. Like, so I'm one of the uh, Tiger Air Six. <laughs> Guess what? Echo's uh, ben, dead. Ben, ben, we need you to lie. Uh, okay. What? <laughs> I'm not lying. <laughs> I'm, I'm going straight to everywhere. Like, just, tell just imagine the Oceanic Five and they turn on the TV and it's you or it's Hurley. It's like, <laughs> the tell-all. No! Ben Waterworth speaks to Tracy Grimshaw. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Tracy yeah, Grimshaw. I can picture that. <laughs> no, what about oh, Ray Martin? Would. Whatever happened to Ray Martin? <laughs> He would be back for that. Yeah. I, I don't. I only want to speak to Ray Martin. <laughs> no, I don't oh, care. I think Oprah? No, Ray Martin. <laughs> yeah, would you be on Oprah? Or... Oh, have to be with Oprah. Come on. Give me a bit more exposure. You'd give be me on the Ellen. US. Give me the US audience. Oh, Ellen, I'll come out dancing. It's like, oh, Ben, you're very happy. <laughs> like, yeah. Ben, you survived a, a playground. Woo! <laughs> I'm on Ellen! <laughs> Everyone else in the Tiger Air 6 has post-traumatic stress disorder. You're all over the networks. I'm on Ellen. Guest spot on Moonlighting Junior. <laughs> End up on, like, Mori Povich or something like that. You're not the father! Woo! Border uh, control voiceover, Joel. 
I'm going to start a talk show with Graham Poller. <laughs> One was on Lost. The other actually was Lost. It's the Grant and Ben show. <laughs> You're team number one! You, you'd be all over, over this... Uh opportunity i think and then you'd be the one milking on the side i know him i know him <laughs> i would be saying i don't know him. <laughs> delete delete all the podcasts i've recorded with him <laughs> delete un- the evidence bring unleash what was that that wasn't me <laughs> um so they play horse jack sucks at basketball <laughs> <laughs> he does one thing he sucks at. uh and then they have a conversation about it uh hurley i like i like the moment like obviously this kind of ties into what we're going to get to on the island stuff but i love where hurley's like you know i'm sorry i went with Locke. i should have gone with you instead jack like oh it's a nice little do moment. you like that i moment? do i don't know there's just something about that moment because I, just... I also think it adds intrigue to it too because all of a sudden you're like well wow what happens because I was going to specifically criticise that moment because it's always bothered me because I hate it when TV shows make something that's happening in the moment seem more important than it actually is, if that makes sense. Because at the end of the day, Jack and Locke splitting up in island time was like a week, 10 days tops when they went through so much on this island and so many other kind of pivotal moments that, of course, in this mo- in this episode, the, the two camps are splitting up. But in the grand scheme of what they went through, that was not really ever an important, like, major point. It only lasted a few days, and then they were back together again on the helicopter. So, of course, he's saying that because they split up in the episode, but they make it highlight that as kind of this thing that's been plaguing Hurley for three years when as a character there's really no point that he should be even bringing that up to Jack other than we're seeing it in the episode I mean yeah I definitely can see that but I think just like at the time of watching this though like kind of just I guess going against what you're saying is I I just like it in the moment because we've we've had this big emotional speech and kind of you know Hurley this and and I I just think at this moment it's kind of contradicting what I was saying before about watching this week to week but you you do have that level of intrigue like oh what goes down like because you know such a big moment of them splitting up and now we're saying like oh man I really wish I had gone with you so I don't know there's just something about it that I quite like just a little I like these two don't really have that many bonding moments I feel and we're going to get more sort of towards the end, but I like a good Hurley and Jack scene. Maybe that's what I like about it. Uh, definitely adds some mystery to the upcoming season. I like when um, Jack says, like, oh, I'm thinking about growing a beard, because obviously we know he's going <laughs> to grow a, well, get a beard glued onto him, I should say. Uh, and then sort of Hurley asks, you know, oh, I wonder if we should go back to the island, or whether it will bring us back, and Jack's like, I will never go back to the island. And of course, Hurley says, never say never, dude. Never, never say never again. <laughs> never. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's it's good to get the... We, we, we're going to get used to these flashbacks, obviously. But, you know, it's a, it's a decent start. We've, we've had the shock from last season, and now we know at least there's, there's going to be three of the Oceanic Six that are alive. So, clearly, it's going to be Boone, Claire, and uh, Jason. So, I'm um, looking forward to all three of them in the coming weeks. Yeah, I mean... It's not, like, 
as an individual thing, it's not the most exciting kind of flash forward. But A, it introduces Oceanic 6. Uh, B, I like the stuff with Hurley and Jack at the end of seeing that they still interact and they're celebrities and um, it kind of ties in with everything. And then C, we've got the Charlie moment um, and that's kind of sweet and touching, ties in with the episode. uh, And D, it kind of introduces also the Matthew Abaddon thing. And, of course, it's nice to see Big Mike and the Anna Lucia mention. So there's a lot in this um, as a kind of story. It's maybe a little weak in story, but as setup, it's perfect for an introduction first episode, I think. I agree. That's a good summary of it. Um, meanwhile, on the island, uh, I love how like Hurley's next to the van, and what is he saying? Like, beach to Jack, beach to Jack. Just the way he kind of <laughs> says that. Like, uh, so I love Hurley. Uh, they're wanting to get an update uh, on what's going on. Jack confirming that he's spoken to the people on the boat and that Naomi's people are on the way. I love sort of cocky Jack winking at Ben. Uh, and then, you know, <laughs> Hurley sort of getting... I, I, just, I don't know, I just love that. There's something about, like, cocky Jack rubbing it in Ben's face. It's just, just... And just Michael Emerson. All he has to do is look. And you're like, fuck, he's a good actor. Have an Oscar. Yeah, he... <laughs> He does nothing in this episode, yet he's one of the best in the episode. <laughs> Claire is, like, trying everything. Like, Emily DeRaven is just going beyond her way to act in this episode. And all Michael Emerson has to do is just look. He just stares at you. Oh, one of the worst Claire moments I think we've ever had was when Son says, Oh, I'm I'm looking forward to having a ba- my baby in the hospital. And, <laughs> I'll rub it in, why don't you? <laughs> I specifically had to note that because I'm like, oh, that we need to do a bottom ten Claire moments because that has to be it. Wrap it in, why don't you? This week at the Emily DeRaven School of Acting, we respond to things that annoy you. Ready? And then we go. Wrap it in, why don't you? When uh, uh, Rose Rose tells Claire that she's going to have to uh, snuggle up to Charlie a bit more. Rose. <laughs> Kinky Rose. No, like Rose. Yeah, Rose. Rose is really shipping the whole uh, Charlie and Claire getting it on thing, but her response just, Rose. I'm a virgin. No. <laughs> I'm not like that, Rose. <laughs> he doesn't work at Fish and Fry. <laughs> not going to let him dip his yeah. chips in my fryer. She, she has her moments later in this episode, but God. Some of the moments early on. <laughs> Rub it in, why don't you? Uh... <laughs> and the Emmy goes too. Uh... <laughs> I mean, she's got a point. She did have to give birth on this island. <laughs> Stupid son. Uh... <laughs> so this, I, I do like kind of this leads into some amazing Hurley moments. So Hurley's all excited. Runs to tell the beach, uh, people on the beach. We see Jin and Saeed, uh, I guess, burying people. Uh, sorry, Juliet's digging the graves and Jin and Saeed are getting guns. But then we just get an incredible moment where Hurley's on the beach with Bernard. Just like, oh, yeah, I won the lottery. You know, it's going to be great. I'm going to go home. And it's all going to be gone and the, the curse will be over with. I really want to do a cannonball. <laughs> oh. 
Oh, it's so. But like, this is what's uh, one thing I really love about this episode is just this absolute level from sheer ecstasy to just sheer despair. Because mm-hmm. we just have this amazing scene. Like, it's even in, like I'm often one to be negative about slow motion use in TV shows because it just seems so out of place. But this is one that works. Like slow mo Hurley jumping into the water, Cannibal just so happy, looks up, and then we sort of see a dejected Desmond with the boat. Um, and of course, Hurley not seeing that Charlie is there. Uh, and this leads into a great sort of like Desmond having an argument with Sawyer and Saeed and just everybody sort of, you know, wanting to call up the freighter using the walkie talkie. Desmond's trying to warn them that like, no, this is not a good idea. And then just Hurley, like just screaming in, like, where's Charlie? Um, oh, well, he throws a walkie talkie in the water first, but Jesus, like it's, it's, I mean, we're going to get mm. some pretty hard stuff in this episode, aren't we? Yeah, I said it before, but Jorge Garcia, not if this is amazing, but some of the stuff coming later as well. I'm getting emotional just thinking about it. Um, and you nailed it, kind of the contrasting. It definitely echoes through the looking glass where we had this iconic, oh, we're coming to get you, sit tight, Jack, and everyone thinks they're getting rescued, mixed with that kind of seedy, dark, flash forward, we have to go back. And it's a similar thing here, like everyone's happy... And the cannonballs, I think that Jorge Garcia is not even acting. Like, that just seems like a guy who's just loving what he's doing. Uh, so It's so great. And just us as viewers knowing he's doing this cannonball, but knowing what's happening, and then Desmond coming up. I mean, we'll talk about like one of the later scenes, but I would argue almost this episode is more emotional about Charlie than last episode was like some of the stuff that happens to do with charlie i think i tear up more than i did during charlie's iconic death and it's all thanks to jorge garcia but yeah the tone of this episode is spot on i i always get confused because i I, i'm obviously thinking about another drowning death in a few seasons time (laughs) but i i always thought that this is when hurley breaks down on the beach but that's obviously after that in season six, right? Yeah. Like, oh God, don't get. That's the one. That I, really I'm tearing me. up just thinking of that scene. Yeah. No, that's that's the one that I always. Yeah. Get God. That one. I don't think I can watch that. Oh, don't. <laughs> Stupid Saeed suicide bomber. <laughs> um, and that's not a racist remark. He really does blow himself up, like. <laughs> so, writers blame the writers. I didn't write it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so we get a few, you know, odds and ends here at the Radio Tower Rescue. We get the great scenes as you were just talking about. Ah, Robert, why don't you? Rose and Claire and... <laughs> ah, ha, ha, you're going to go fuck him, basically, when he gets back. <laughs> <laughs> That's what Rose basically said. Imagine if you just kept going like, oh, I'll tell you what to do. This is what Bernard likes. Oh, tell me more, Rose. I want to know everything. Can I watch? Uh, <laughs> Oh, I just thought about Rose and Bernard together. Still a better image than some others having sex. <laughs> Shannon, like, I'm not going to usually complain about seeing Shannon having sex, but yeah, Shannon Saeed having sex, just no. Like, if I watched a stick and a rock have sex, it would be more sexual chemistry between the two. Um, coming soon to the Oz Network, the stick and rock sex recap. <laughs> a new HBO show okay. I've heard. <laughs> the exact reaction of all our listeners. Okay. 
<laughs> just, just imagine someone's driving or on the bus listening to this and they involuntary. Okay. <laughs> what was the thing that Jared Elliott used to say? Like, listen to it on the trains or see you on the trains or whatever like that? Like, just, just, imagine you're sitting next to someone on the bus. You see them. You go, Do you listen to this crap? Like, have you heard of this podcast? Like, they're literally just talking about a stick and a rock having sex. Like, you know, this is entertainment about. Why am I listening to this? To, to echo, uh, echo. Ben! <laughs> I'll rub it in, why don't you? <laughs> oh, not Echo. He's gone. Oh, too soon. Who? Um. <laughs> <laughs> The Mary of Lost. Uh, <laughs> uh, anyway, so uh, Ben's tied to the tree. Um, and I love he starts talking to Rousseau about taking Alex and fleeing because, you know, everyone's going to die. I do love it when Ben's like, you know, Alex is my daughter and Rousseau strikes him again. Rousseau just <laughs> loves bashing Ben. <laughs> she's not your daughter. She's correct. Uh, <laughs> love it. Well, he deserves it. Yeah. Jack and Kate having a chat about rescuing. Jack, you know, I'm going to kill Locke if I see him. Um, the the phone rings again. It's Minkowski. Uh, they're having trouble getting a fix on their location, so they want to get Naomi. Now, Jack and Kate do a terrible <laughs> job at, like, uh, she's going to get firewood. <laughs> Why would she be getting firewood of all people? <laughs> I want to do, like, a Homer Simpson, like, Hello, this is Naomi speaking. <laughs> I'm also from Manchester. <laughs> Up, United. <laughs> but even, Cheerio, this is Naomi. But even then when they're like, hang up, why is this guy just leaves them for like six hours before calling back again? Like, We know these guys, spoiler alert, are not there to rescue them. So like, shouldn't they just be like, you know, what's he literally on the boat like going, they hung up. Oh, it's all right. Maybe just getting firewood. Tra la la la. Why would she? I didn't even think about how silly it really is until right now. But why would she be getting firewood? All right, everyone. Why are they getting rescued. Why do they need to light a fire? It's daytime. <laughs> it's very cold in the South Pacific during well, the Well, it does get to nighttime, but the point remains why is Naomi making the fire? But I do love the, like, the big plot point here that, you know. Kate, like, looks and Naomi's body's gone. Like, we've seen her stabbed <laughs> in the back and zombie Naomi walking around. Oh, yeah, Naomi. <laughs> zombie Naomi collecting firewood. <laughs> Better get burning. Wood. Must get wood. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Um, and then, so, they... Russo finds a trail of blood. So then Kate and Jack get an argument. Then little moment between Jack and Kate, like... Oh, Kate. I like this moment. I do too, but it's just kind of the way Jackie says it. Like, oh, you know, in a few hours they're going to be laughing about another little argument we had on the island. Um, but so, mild, mild nostalgic <laughs> flirting. I do love though. Like, we've, I know we've talked a lot about the episodes, particularly in the early days, about Kate's tracking skills and double backing and all this <laughs> sort of stuff. Like, this is a woman who has been stabbed in the back, who has somehow <laughs> dragged herself away quicker than anything, and she still has the audacity to make a dummy puff. 
Naomi's great. She can do everything. (laughs) She gets discovered in about two minutes and dies within two seconds of making one phone call. But she's got the quick... No wonder she dies so quickly. She's backtracking. (laughs) Too busy making a dummy. And she can... I mean, (laughs) Oh, God. It it kind of echoes in season... One when Lock says anyone who watches uh, TV can make like a short fuse. Or, uh, oh, the, the, the uh, the last I think if I even if I wanted to make a dummy trail, I don't think I could. I, mean, I just, just cut my finger and put a drop, cut my blo- drop to blood, and I'll probably get attacked by a bear or something. Like, mm, blood. Uh, <laughs> but um, uh, she's great. Uh, she can do everything. <laughs> maybe I need to light Naomi more. Like, she's clearly amazing. And isn't she in a tree when she drops down? To... <laughs> <laughs> How did she get up the tree? It's a tall tree as well. <laughs> you better drop, bears. This is drop Naomi's. <laughs> Someone needs to make a gif of her dropping from the tree. I legitimately... With, with a, a sound effect. I just want somebody to analyse this actual situation. Like, I want... <laughs> There's those videos on YouTube where it's kind of like, what's the damage? Or they get like a doctor to analyze, you know, would John McClane have survived Die Hard? You know, he's got like eight broken ribs and a fractured skull. He's not survived. Like, this woman has been stabbed in the back. She can disappear from an entire group of survivors, create a dummy trail, go back a different way, climb up a tree, drop down. Talk on the phone. Die. Oh, Lord. Um, She's great. This is her shining moment, up to seven episodes. Jack Russo and Ben, meanwhile, discover that they've followed a dummy trail. Uh, And I do like how kind of like Jack goes to get the phone and Ben's like, oh, I saw Kate take the phone when when she hugged you. Um, And what did she say? Like, I decided not to say anything because I owe Jack one. Like, ah, just Ben. So good. Uh, He's so good, but... I don't get why Jack's bringing him along now. Because mm. he's saying, oh, I want Ben to see us get rescued, whatever. He's bringing him along. Suddenly, suddenly, at the end of the episode, when they're splitting up, oh, I'd like to go with Locke. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like, I don't get he's He's so like, Ben needs to see this, Ben. Then later on, uh, bye. <laughs> He's got no use for him now. Take him off the island. That, that should just be punishment enough. Come on, Ben, you're coming with us. Go to a press conference. <laughs> Don't make me go. <laughs> the Oceanic 7 with new discovery, Ben. <laughs> he wasn't on the fly. That would have... See, there you he go. Like, that would have made some news. Like, Oceanic <laughs> 6 return with mysterious man. <laughs> the, the tiger ass. <laughs> it's like, Ben Waterworth was never on the flight. But he's still claiming to be one of the Tiger Ursics. They found Kurt Cobain. He's actually alive. <laughs> he's on an island somewhere. That would be a plot to him. Um, that's coming in Lost Part 2 to Netflix. Um, this is where Kate all of a sudden gets tackled uh, from Naomi. <laughs> Drop Naomi. As, as finally uh, Mikowski rings back. Um, <laughs> done a few things. Cleaned the boat. Um, and then Naomi holding a knife, basically like, you know, oh, all I did was try to help you and you try to kill me. Uh, to which Kate's obviously saying, like, it wasn't us, it was Locke, you know, he's cray cray. 
Phone rings, Naomi's like Naomi, like I'm beating the gut. Um, and then changes that firewood really took her down. (laughs) It did. All these back trails and climbing trees. Um, she changes the tracking of the frequency so they get a good lock on her. Uh, tells assist tells George or whatever it is to tell my sister I love, and then. I'm just going to read this, what it says in Lostpedia. Naomi dies, watched by a shocked Kate. <laughs> now this, uh, it's been a couple weeks since I watched this. Tell my sister I love her is code for, uh, <laughs> I've had to make a dummy trail and I've climbed up a tree and they've killed me. Uh, I don't think they say that in this episode though, right? But, no, they don't. I completely forgot. But that, that will be code. revealed. There you go. See? <laughs> So, yeah, anyway, so her sister is loving her, but it's a code. Um, her, meanwhile, as the, the beach crew are tracking back to find the radio tower, uh, Hurley is lagging a bit behind, and um, oh. Sawyer wants to talk about the loss of Charlie, and Hurley doesn't. Uh, but then Hurley gets this lost. Is, I think this is good, uh, subtle Sawyer character development. We saw him after he's killed Cooper, that we're going to see a shift. And it's it's very subtle at this point, but looking back on the show, you can see Sawyer from season one would never be saying this to Hurley. So even season four, we can see how much Sawyer has changed and that he's looking out for Hurley. If you need to talk about anything, let me know. It's, mm. it's very subtle, but it's quite a touching scene, I think. I agree. And uh, I think kind of, yeah, definitely what you were saying in terms of just after Cooper's been killed and everything, you know, different Sawyer now does he does he use nicknames as much anymore or is am i just making that up in my head probably making that yeah just just me <laughs> um hurley meanwhile discovers the cabin that uh we had from last season he's some whiskers we whiskers he's some whiskers <laughs> we had the cats uh <laughs> oh, my house. hashtag bring back the cats <laughs> hurley hears whiskers in the cabin <laughs> See some pal pedigree. Mm, pedigree. Remember we were doing all that sponsorship a few weeks ago? Like, uh, and while I'm watching Lost, I eat whiskers. Mm, try new beef casserole. I don't think pedigree is on a keto diet, is it? <laughs> no, it's got too much sugar in it. Isn't there be sugar in cat food? Maybe we can eat cat food. Uh-huh. <laughs> Might be delicious. It could be. I've actually had dry cat food. Cat, cats love it. Dry cat food is not very nice, so I can't imagine that wet <laughs> cat food would be very nice either. Um, so yeah, he finds a cabin, um, he's whispers, whispers, uh, then we see another man in the rocking chair, freaky, another figure moves in front of, quite creepy, isn't it? And an eye, uh, Hurley... The eye scared me when I first watched Hurley trips over, runs away, and then somehow the cabin is in front of him, he closes his eyes and convinces himself that the cabin is just a hallucination, um, when he opens eyes, it's gone... Um, he falls into a pit and... <laughs> this cabin who's... is even better than Naomi at making dummy <laughs> it is. trail. But guess who Next has to... The just... cabin is going to be jumping out of the tree. But then speaking of jumping out of the tree, he's old Gummy Joe, the resident kook, just chilling in the jungle. Here he is. <laughs> at this point, he really is the resident kook. And how convenient that he's... He's a new right Rousseau. Here. He just pops up whenever's convenient. I want to see Locke like just like... Three o'clock in the morning. Oh, time to go to bed. Just curling up in a bed of leaves. And <laughs> I thought he was starting to sound a bit more French this season. <laughs> was it? Was it season one or season two when he's just like going through the jungle and sees Kate like want some fruit or whatever he's like? 
Oh, Gummicha. You know, like, I legitimately see Terry O'Quinn as this person. Like, I don't see, like, just on a weekend, just, you know. Not Locke. It's just, it's just, it's just Terry. Oh, there's Terry wandering <laughs> off from the set again. <laughs> Terry, you're not in this. Oh, we'll just use it. Go along with it, Jorge. Just pretend he's in the scene. It's all ad-lib. Yeah. yeah. Half of Locke in this season is completely improvisation. Don't you tell me what I can't do. Just completely Terry O'Quinn. <laughs> that wasn't Use it. I like it. I like it. It's, it's, it's quite good. <laughs> uh, so, yes. Um, they have a chat. They agree that the Jack shouldn't have called the ship. Um, and that they all are basically knowing that that's, you know, not there to rescue them. So, um Locke mentioning that Charlie would have died for nothing, so they're going to go meet up with a group. Um, then we get this. Locke is such a manipulative bitch. <laughs> Locke would be good at Survivor. Locke's like. Yeah, he would be. Locke, I mean, let's be honest, Locke would probably get to the end and not get the votes. <laughs> like... He's one of those ones that you'd think would have no social game, but he just sticks around but you... over and over because of how manipulative it they would do really this, is. You open forum thing at Survivor, and it's like, let's talk about the outplay thing. You literally stabbed people in the back. <laughs> like, <laughs> tell me how that. killed Naomi. <laughs> well, that was part of my game. Like, by, by killing someone, that's one less person I have to beat. <laughs> You can't do that. Don't tell me what I can't do. <laughs> I'm sitting here and you're sitting over there. Eat your rice. Yeah, this is why one though he would be one of those ones on Survivor that gets to the. I, I can't think of any other. Maybe it was Sherry or. There's been a few of them which say like, "Sit down, I'm here. Like, <laughs> you're in the jury. Sucks. I'm I'm the one here. Don't tell me I did it badly. I'm a nice man. Can't you vote for a nice man? <laughs> I'm a decent man. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm supposed to win this, dagger. Jack comes in. There are two types of people on this island, snakes and rats. <laughs> oh, God. Polar bears and smoke ones. <laughs> Boone pops up. I want to be on the jury. Sit down, Boone. You quit the oh, edge he's... of extinction. You went home. <laughs> he would be the quitter. <laughs> <laughs> he's a lifeguard and he couldn't rescue someone drowning. <laughs> he stole the water. Uh, first boot. <laughs> boot. Claire's the boot, first boot. First person boot. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'll Claire. I'll wrap it in, I like it. So, everyone meets up. At the cockpit. I like how they're at the cockpit. I think that's kind of a cool... The merge. <laughs> merge feast. Um, and then we get a yeah, big... The cockpit, the cockpit is so random, but doesn't it just completely work? There's no reason they should be at the cockpit, but yeah. it's, it's great, isn't it? Yeah, no, I agree. Is, is the pilot's body still up in the tree? Like It must not... be, but maybe Naomi uh, went and climbed up. And... Skeleton of the bone randomly dropping down every now and then. <laughs> Um, so, but yeah, I, I do like this kind of, you know, big sort of meet up with everybody. I mean, it's only rot being in island time, like a couple of hours really, hasn't it? Yet it feels like it's been a lot yeah. longer. Uh, and then Saeed getting into a fight with, like, you blood the submarine! Um, 
I like that because you kind of forget that, oh yeah, Saeed has not actually seen Locke since like season three, episode 13 or something. Oh, Saeed. Like, what's he doing in this show still? <laughs> Saeed's got the purple Kelly in it. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, but then the, uh, the rest of the radio tower crew arrives, so there's hugs, everyone's, uh, you know, excited. Look, to get this bit here with Claire. Like, I get it, she's a bit sad, but like... Is it just me nitpicking Emily to Raven, or does even her looking around just look bad? Like, <laughs> yeah, it's, like, it's not great, but this scene is so powerful that I forgive it. Yeah, Hurley sees her, cries, and they hug. And oh, Jorge Garcia is just amazing. So underrated. And Jack Arso, I'm using your terms, though. He has to steal the thunder, doesn't he? It's like a funeral, isn't it? Like, you know, sad, sad, but something else has got to happen because he got Jack and just starts punching the shit out of Locke. I, I do actually quite like this scene, though, because I love the way that, like, Jack's punching the crap out of it, steals Locke's gun, and then, like, Locke's like, oh, you won't shoot me, and Jack pulls the trigger. <laughs> this, is, this is where I feel like this scene should have been played much darker because... Yes. Jack actually shot Locke, and I feel like that's not played as heavy as it It really... It's kind of passed over of, oh, well, he did that. He shot Locke! Like, the cold-blooded shot him in the head. There would have been Locke brains all over him, like... And it's just kind of like, oh, yeah, uh, it's not loaded. But he shot him, like... He's so that should have been played Locke, much darker than yeah. it really was in the show. Our hero is murdering one of our other main characters. And what would have happened if there was a bullet in there? Again, like, lock brains everywhere. What does everyone else react? Like, oh, I knew you were with the others. <laughs> Jack's got mental. Like, in all seriousness, though, that, like, like, they've got no context as to why he's killing Locke. Like, some of them, sure, probably saw Locke throw a knife into Naomi's back. But, like, you know, again, Saeed hasn't been there for a while. Like, you just kind of like the context of that. Like, oh, my God, Jack just blew Locke's head off. I, I, I know that they survived a plane crash. I know that they've gone through a lot on this island. But can you imagine how traumatic for everyone watching that? Seeing just metres away a guy getting his head blown off, his brains and blood everywhere, a guy that they've got to know over the... A guy that's made cradles for Aaron and uh, has found hatches for them, caught wild boar for them. Backgammon, he's caught boar. Can you imagine how traumatic... Like, I can't even process what it would be like seeing two metres in front of me someone I know getting their head blown off. I do also... Well, I mean, the island has healing powers. Remember how quickly Charlie <laughs> healed after shooting Ethan? Like, he was fine within a week. So, like, you know, again, maybe it's also mental healing powers. Like, everyone's like, oh, my God, black I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, Lord. Great for mental illness. Then we get a uh, pretty, you know, powerful scene here. Locke telling everyone that, about what happened, that they need to trust him, that the freighter people are dangerous. And then basically Locke is like, I'm going back to the other's barracks. I'm going to live in a house. I'm going to set up a nice little village and we're going to have book clubs and everything. He's loving every second of this. He is. Good on Locke. Um, saying that it's the most defensible place on the island. And what does he say? Like, if you want to live, you need to come with me. Uh, live together, die alone. <laughs> um, 
And then Jack basically says, you know, that only crazy people would follow you. Uh, Locke's always prevented the rescue. Like, Jack's got some good points here. I mean, you know, Locke did blow up a submarine. Locke did, you know, knock other people <laughs> like Saeed out when he was, like, getting a towel. Threw a knife into Naomi's back. Like, pretty much the evidence is stacking up against dear old Gummy Joe here. Um, Kate randomly shows up, of course, and Naomi's dead, but everyone's on their way. And then Hurley steps in here again, star of the episode, Jorge Garcia, because he's obviously saying that, you know, I'm going to listen to Charlie because, you know, Charlie said that it wasn't Penny's boat. He's going to join Locke. And what what does he say? Like, I'm listening to my friend. Like, oh. Listening to Charlie. Jorge Garcia is just so amazing. And I would say this, when he's crying and when he says this, it's so emotional. Like, it's just as emotional as the death scene, but... Also, for a character motivation, it makes sense. Charlie, even though Locke is manipulative, it's like, Charlie, why let him die for nothing? And he, Hurley says it perfectly. And I like the way he says, we don't know what he saw, but whatever he saw, he tried to warn us. Mm -hmm. So as a character motivation, really, Locke does a terrible job at convincing me. It's really Hurley who convinces everyone, I think who goes to that side. Um, so it makes sense that they're not necessarily going lock with lock because they want to stay on the island. They're doing it because of Charlie trying to help them. Um, but I also love this kind of camp splitting up thing as well, because even though we saw not Penny's boat, we still don't really know who's on the freighter. So it's not like we can say our oh, locks team is right. And we even had Hurley saying, I'm sorry, I went with Locke in the flash forward. So it's it's a bit like the Juliet thing. We don't really know which side is right. It's not like we're siding with one side and the other side we know is wrong. At this point, as viewers, we don't really know what the right decision is because we know Jack gets rescued. We're not seeing Locke in a flash forward. Well, it's, I think that's clever, yeah, because like, we've got one person from at least you know each side getting rescued. So, yeah, you're right. Like It's kind of we, we just don't know. So I think that's yeah definitely cleverly done. Uh, so basically, going with Locke is Claire, of course. <laughs> Russo, Ben, after sarcastically asking Jack's permission, Carl, Alex, and Sawyer is the big one here. And Kate's like, "What are you mm. doing?" And then you know, what does he say? Like the only thing I've always done, surviving. Um, I do like Rose and Bernard wanting to stay on the <laughs> island, but, um, you know, <laughs> I ain't going with him. <laughs> so, I'm so glad we have Rose and Bernard back in the mix. Oh, so good. Uh, it starts to rain, another great tropical downpour, which is fantastic. Uh, I do like the little bit here with Jack and Kate when they sort of say, like, you know, it feels like 100 years ago since they came to the cockpit, which is mm-hmm. it's a nice little thing because, I mean, even for us watching this, you know, that's three seasons. does feel four seasons ago basically. and this is the beginning of the end so it's kind of like a nod to the first chapter of lost but also looking forward to well we know these guys are going to get off the island but yeah the more i think about it i love that they're at the cockpit for again seemingly no reason but i just love these little touches that lost us so then we hear a noise kate thinks it's thunder but then it's all of a sudden they realize it's a helicopter they see a light coming down a helicopter flying erratically something falls from the helicopter there's a parachutist and we meet well we don't know who it is yet it's daniel faraday one of my favorite characters i love daniel uh ruse's helmet are you jack boom lost now i've got to ask a question the helicopter that crashed last season right crashed into the ocean and somehow you can parachute from a helicopter that's crashing 
Do we ever? Well, who else was in that helicopter? The first one that crashed. Is it just Naomi? She was the only one that survived. Does that ever get clear, cleared up? I don't think they ever specifically can say, but I think it was just Naomi, which it seems weird. It would just be her, but maybe there was someone else in here that died that we never saw. But I, I, I like how they kind of have this thing that people can parachute from a helicopter that's flying around. There's a fucking giant blades above the damn thing. <laughs> this isn't a, a fighter pilot where you just go poof and you know eject your seat like. I don't know how helicopters work, right? Um, but anyway, Dan, yeah. Hello, Daniel. Great ending. You know, are you Jack? Kind of like, oh, rescue, it's happening. Like, this is great. But uh, we're going to learn more about this. But, uh, you know, a solid ending. Yeah, definitely. Uh, there's a lot in this episode that keeps us watching for next week. But that's a great kind of um, an introduction to a new character and obviously going to be an important character in this show. So, uh not like a, oh my god, what the hell is going on cliffhanger, but definitely makes you want to tune in next week and gets you pumped up for this season, for sure. Uh, before we get to some questions, looking at the trivia, um, the previous two season premieres began in an unfilial location, were meant to mislead the viewer. This episode's cold open has the same twist, but in reverse. The first shot appears to be on the island, and the scene is then revealed to take place off-island. Um, Not as memorable. No. A commercial for the movie Jumper aired during the Australian broadcast <laughs> of the episode in which a logo from Aero Grunder Airways appeared with the slogan, Get Lost With Us. Huh? Well, <laughs> that movie held up, didn't it? <laughs> <laughs> That's a shit movie. <laughs> uh, it's coarse and rough and irritating. It gets everywhere. Uh, just because... Just Hayden Christians. Anyway, uh, you said the Rainy Nations one. That's there. Kate joining up with the rest of the group at the cockpit marks the first time that all of the living free survivors of Flight 815 have been in the same location at the same time since Live Together, Die Alone, Part 1. Mm. Feels it. like there's a lot less between the radio tower and the cockpit. Mm. Like, seems like such a small group at the cockpit. What happened? A few people got lost on the way. <laughs> Joanna. Uh, Hurley's Cannibal is reminiscent of a real jump into the ocean taken by Jorge Garcia. According to the Season 1 DVD bonus feature, Welcome to Ohio... Ohio, Ohio uh, the place in Hawaii. <laughs> Welcome to Ohio. <laughs> Welcome to Ohio. Garcia <laughs> dived into the water as soon as filming was complete on Pilot Part 1, calling a little symbolic moment of triumph. Uh, when the camp splits, this is the last time Desmond, Rose, Bernard and many other 815 survivors ever see Locke again. Similarly, 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 that word, this is the last time chronologically that Ben and Juliet share a scene together. Oh my God. Wow. I'm a big Lost fan. I did not know put two and two together. I know it's chronologically, so we don't see it. Wow. Great stat. Great stat. That is a good stat. Good job, Lost Lost You've redeemed yourself from the... Who was it, Lawrence or whatever that crazy yeah. guy was? Um, this is the first time Christian has been seen on the island since White Rabbit. The existence of Oceanic Six is confirmed in this episode. Hurley and Jack are confirmed to be members, although not stated explicitly. Many viewers concluded that Kate was as well. You don't say! <laughs> <laughs> what? Um, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, questions? Answers? Who are the Oceanic Six? Who are the Oceanic Six? Do. 
I feel like a lot of them are kind of tied in with, like, the not Penny's boat thing of who's on the freighter and, uh, like, what is the lie kind of matches with us. So I feel like there are lots of questions, but we've kind of covered them in other questions. Mm. Um, uh, I don't know. Who is the guy in the parachute? <laughs> yeah, that would be, but we'll get an answer to that very shortly, as in, like, why can Next Charlie episode. see dead people? Is he Haley Joel Osman? Hurley. <laughs> Hurley Joel Osman. Um, but the, the thing is that there's no real why. It's just in this show people have superpowers. So. Okay. Uh, I've got nothing else. I, I think the main one is who are the ocean. Of course, there are lots of little questions and queries, but the main kind of thought from this specific episode, is the Oceanic Sings. Yeah. No, I'll put that down there. Uh, any answer to why is Nathan Fillion not in movies? No? Still no answer? Okay. No. No worries. All right. What are we doing with this episode? Um, yeah, we talked about whether or not this is one of the stronger premieres. To be honest, I think there's... Uh, the scene, Jorge gets here is great, and the kind of contrast of the cannonball with Desmond coming back, and then Hurley crying with Claire is so emotional, um, and the kind of tenseness between Jack and Locke, and the split up at the camp, and we're back at the cockpit, and the flash forward has so much to unpack in it, and it's such a great setup for this season of flash forwards of weirdness. Um, yeah, to be honest, I. It's called the beginning of the end. It not only sets up the season, but it also is a great setup for part two of Lost and the next three seasons. At this point, they knew the end date, and you get that sense. Um, and to be honest, I'm not even actually sure if I do think it is the weakest premiere. And uh, we talked about some of the dumb stuff in it, but actually doing this episode uh, has actually even changed my mind on the episode a bit more in favour of it. I was always liked it, but I think we talked about a lot of good stuff and it's after a bit of a slog of season three, I'm really excited to get back into the recording and rewatching the show. So I, I'm, I'm going to give it a buy. Um, just, just it, it's all set up, but there is just so much in this episode. It, it's got mystery. It's got character. It's got emotion. So uh, yeah, I think even talking about this has made me like this episode more than I probably thought it did. I'm going to buy it. Um, again, I, I don't dislike this episode. I just, I think personally, I like a lot of the other premieres a lot better. But I mean, you know, again, still not to say this is like an absolutely, you know, terrible episode. I think, yeah, there's absolutely enough going on in this episode that it is definitely worth a buy. So, uh, yeah, I have this ranked just looking at my list uh, 27th out of 73 episodes. I still have it quite high. Uh, maybe I've actually ranked that higher than other season premieres, have I? Let's see here. <laughs> oh, one, one is there. Two, one. Uh, where's three, one? Maybe. Yeah, you rented a title of two city. Oh, okay. Well, maybe I'm just contradicting myself. <laughs> well, clearly, I think this is a better episode than a title of two cities. <laughs> ben, once again, Ben, the smart know, one. Uh, the sandwich order. Uh, three minutes is above it, and greatest hits is below it. 
Mm. Do mm. like greater sins. Yeah. No, I, I prefer the best of. So next week we have another episode of Lost. It is called the episode that is confirmed dead. And uh, is it? Are we confirmed dead next week? Like it's 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 sort of a flashback, isn't it? We're not really flash forward next week. Well, not sort of. It is a flashback. <laughs> um, yeah, this. Uh... Next ep- next episode, uh, we get to meet our freighter folk. Um, and unlike drawing it out with the others or the tailies, this time with the new characters, we just get flashbacks straight off the bat, uh, but in a more unique style uh, where each character gets a flashback next episode. So, uh, yeah, and our, our survivors of Oceanic 815 are going to be confirmed dead. So... I'd say this one is kind of paired with the uh, premiere as like an intro setting up the season. Uh, but yeah, I'm excited to meet. Uh, uh, I like Miles. I like Faraday. I like uh, Lapidus. And Lapidus! of course, there's Charlotte. <laughs> and Charlotte's there too. So. <laughs> I just, so I just, I'm excited to meet them. I, well, I, I completely forgot the next week is our first Lapidus episode. So like, I fucking love Lapidus. Um, everybody find on YouTube right now, your homework for the week (laughs) is to find how Lost should have ended and get Lapidus, Dramatic Good to Everything, Lapidus, stuck in your head. (laughs) Um, so good. And then you have Naomi and Charlotte, but, um, yeah, I love Faraday. I love Miles. So yeah, it's, it's, it's good. I'm, I'm intrigued to, to watch it and you can listen to it next week. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter, subscribe, Instagram, everything else. That's where you go because you love us. My name is Ben and I'm going to get a donut. You want one? And my name is Noah and tell my sister I love her. Thank you for listening to the Oz Network. Don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week. For more information, hit us up at theoznetwork.net.